ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Ja announces his return with a dramatic flair. Man, what a performance. Steph puts the Celtics to bed again. When will they ever learn? And we've got one quarterback out, another quarterback who goes to get pizza for free in New Jersey. Oh! I'm Frank Isola here with my friends Mina Kimes, Emily Kaplan, Pablo Torre, and L. Duncan. Be kind to the substitute teacher, folks. Ooh. Oh. I thought we were going to just watch AV. Can you do a high leg kick? Roll up your AV card. Jurassic Park. All right, when they joke about the league handing out scripts, this has to be why. John Morant's first game back, leading the Grizzlies back from 24 points down. He goes basket, basket, then buzzer beating basket to end the game. Afterwards, how about this moment in the tunnel? He's got receipts. There's a lot to get through here. L, I know you keep receipts. Where do you want to start with this? Yeah, I mean, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is just so incredible. The star returns to a team that's teetering. They're down 24. He's so gassed from his return to the court that he's like puffing on inhalers and getting massages. Then he hits his first career buzzer beater and he does it at 9.01 p.m. 9.01, Memphis's area Look code. Like, this is what <laughs> it is. And then he says that in the tunnel. And I immediately went, oh, no. Do not do this. And I mean this so sincerely, you guys. I like to crack jokes, but I mean this sincerely as someone who was a public figure and made a huge mistake and then had to atone for it publicly. The thing I had to come to terms with right away was that I put myself in this position, that I'm the one that gave leverage to those outsiders to question my integrity and my decision-making and my character. And even though I knew I would never be defined by those things, I also knew I placed myself in that position and that because I did that to myself, the only thing I should show is extreme humility, which is something I still do 10 years later when someone uses that mistake as character assassination because they don't like which team I chose to win a game. He's got to understand that this story right now for him could be one of the best redemption stories of all time. But be clear, it is not an underdog story because he did this to himself twice. All right, Mina, that's his first game since April 28th of last year. It was an unbelievable performance. But what about the receipts line at the end as he's running to the locker room? Yeah, I think uh, what Ja did there is something that is done too often, I think, in sports, which is the conflation of basketball, or in his case, performance, with redemption for things that have nothing to do with basketball. I mean, if he was talking about receipts from a strictly performance standpoint, I would understand, but unless I missed it, I don't think people were uh, doubting his ability to return at his age and play at a high level. And let's be clear, he played at a high level. I mean, it was an amazing performance. I think what struck me the most was um, the fact that in the first half, you know, he was kind of gassed, he was a little bit rusty. Then to come back, play that way, the finishing, the dribble penetration, the nature of his play, how his feet appear spring-loaded. It was all there. He was the guy we remembered. But we knew 
he could be that guy. What we didn't know, what we still don't know, is can he also be a better teammate? Can he be a leader? Can he show consistency off the court? That's going to take time. And I don't question the fact that he has it in him. We just need to see it before he can start talking about receiving. That's 100% right. This was a guy, remember, he got suspended eight games. Then he said, yes, I've learned my lesson. Next thing you know, he's getting suspended 25 more games. Emily Kaplan? Yeah, well, I've kept receipts that I've never wanted to show that Frank Isola has hosted. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but in the athletes that I cover, sometimes they tell mm. themselves stories right. to get themselves up or to motivate themselves or even hold themselves accountable. And if that's what led to the performance we saw last night, then great. Because the job we saw last night, the NBA is better when he's playing like that. It's funny that Derrick Rose is now on his team because he reminds me of a young D. Rose, the way that he just flies out there. And I feel really good about the fact that all of his teammates were behind him. Their record, I know, isn't great, but the Pelicans have like a 2-14 and 14 record two years ago and still made the playoffs. They can make this up. They're getting Marcus Smart back. So I hope the receipts that he's keeping is all of us saying, no, he can't stay out of trouble because if that's what's motivating him, it's going to lead to a lot of success for both him and the Grizzlies. Pablo, Jaws, big night in New Orleans. What did you make of it? Yeah, I just want to watch John Moran play basketball. Yep. Um, and him getting in the way of that very basic ability has been the problem. And he is so good at playing basketball. He is and I still think is still the number one most exciting young American basketball player that we have produced. And so the reason he got those chances that you alluded to, Frank, is because he is so good. And so to Elle's point, is there the creation of an underdog complex? Of course. Does every David want to be Goliath or vice versa? We all want to be both things whenever convenient to us. But in this case, the reason that we love watching John Morant is why he was the guy getting applauded last night. The other stuff, just don't get, your, don't get in your own way, is all I'm asking for a guy that we all actually want to watch do the thing he does the best. Yeah, 27 points in the second half. And I'll tell you what, the team had a different attitude, a different feel. L, you give them a chance to make the playoffs. Top six might be tough, but what about getting into that 7 to 10 range? I seem to remember sitting on this very show last year and saying the Lakers were cooked at Christmas, and yeah, we all know how that right. went. So, of course, anything can happen. Uh, certainly having Jaw back on the court makes them a contender. Yeah, I think it was Emily who said they were cooked. That's who it was. All right, so how do you follow that? Steph's got some ideas. Six threes to start a new streak, and none bigger than this one, with another nighty night as the Warriors drop the Celtics in overtime. That's three wins now in a row for the Draymond-less Warriors. Afterwards... Shaq had some uh, strong praise to Steph Curry, saying, quote, I'm wondering if it's time to start putting Steph as the best player of all time. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a conversation about the GOAT conversation. So, Pablo, (laughs) you're good at this. You start the conversation. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'd like Shaq to actually have, you know, a bit of a straighter uh, spine in the conversation that he sort of started by proxy because he immediately went in, in the clip from TNT. I watched the broadcast. He goes to the, well, I'm just asking questions here. And that's disappointing because it's actually a really interesting question to have an answer to. If you believe that being the best offensive player of all time is worthy of being included in a conversation like this, then Steph Curry is a great candidate, a great hill to defend. I actually think, of course, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I would pick them over Steph yes. Curry. But it's not insane to say Good that the most unstoppable logic. offensive player of all time in a sport that is premised on shooting should be, at the very least, a guy who gets some oxygen in that room. And Shaq didn't want to do that. I would like him to do it so that I don't have to do it, which I'm afraid I'm doing right now. <laughs> all right, Emily, let's have the conversation. And do you think that Steph Curry is better than Shaquille O'Neal? 
all time. Mm. Uh, two very different players. I find them hard to compare. I, I feel like, let's just talk about the context here. We've been all season ragging on the Warriors for being cooked. We've been talking, questioning Steph Curry's leadership in regards to Draymond Green, which is absolutely ridiculous. He has nothing to do with his actions. Yep. And then he puts up a vintage performance like he does last night, and it's like, okay, let's give the man his flowers because he's quietly having a fantastic season. First in clutch points, first in overtime points, threes, of course. He ranks at the top. But we're always talking about his offense. He's the greatest offensive player of all time. Greatest player of all time? How do you not go MJ? Nine-time first-team all-defense, ten-time leading in the offense uh, in scoring categories. And then as long as LeBron's playing, you can't put Steph Curry in that category. So he's a fantastic player. He's just a tier below for me, MJ, and as well as LeBron James. All right, Mina, you texted me last night. You said, please, can we have this all-time great conversation? <laughs> We're having it, so the floor is yours. What do you got? <laughs> I think you asked the right question, actually, about Shaq versus Steph, because that's sort of the tier I would put him in um, for a few reasons. You know, the two-way aspect, longevity, you still have certainly LeBron and MJ above him. But I think in that next tier, and you're kind of talking about the five, four or five to ten range is where Steph is creeping. And Emily's right, they're very different players, but I think that's what makes it such a, a fascinating debate. Um, you know, Steph's got more MVPs, Shaq's got more final MVPs, same number of rings, but uh, Steph has changed the way the sport is played. That's why I would give him the edge. He also has, I think, time to continue to build on what is already a stellar resume. It's an interesting conversation. Um, I think Shaq has actually said that Steph he would probably put above him. If I miss, I might be misremembering, but I think he has, and I'm being inclined to agree with him. Yeah, it seems like it's Michael Jordan, LeBron, and then mm. kind of everyone else. All right, little known fact, L. Duncan is the only person alive who's actually in more commercials than Shaquille O'Neal. So, L, you should be an expert at this. What do you think? I'm so of sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry for spamming y'all. I do want to apologize publicly on national television for spamming you guys uh, all day. Shaq, we're bailing Shaq out. He asked two questions, you guys. He first asked, is he the best player of all time? And I think we could all definitively say no. Yeah. He's not. I'm sorry. Then he said, is he one of the best players of all time? Of course he's one of, but I don't think that that was ever really up for debate. He is the best offensive player of all time, but I don't even disrespect him by just saying he's the best shooter. Mina hit it. He is the most revolutionary player of our generation, A, because of his ability to shoot. Now that's become something that you've got to have. You can't just be a three-point specialist. Like You've got to have that kind of range now. So he's impacted young people. And not everybody can be, you know born with the physical anomalies of Shaq. But you guys, I'm just going to leave it here for you. When we debate who are the greatest players of all time, right? Kobe on that list, LeBron on that list, okay? The, Michael Jordan, of course, on that list. If your season was on the line and you needed a bucket, of course you're putting Steph on that list with Kobe or Michael Jordan or LeBron. But if your season is on the line and you need a defensive stop, he's the only one out of that whole entire group <laughs> that is an, a huge liability that you'd put no faith yeah. in. And that right then, I think, eliminates him from the position. Yeah, he's the greatest shooter of all time, and shooting is kind of important. All right, Pablo, I want to hold you to this. You know, you're a big shot with your podcast. Where do you put Steph yeah, then right. on the all-time list? I would put him ahead of Larry Bird. Really? I would put him ahead of Kobe Bryant. I would. I would. If you're drafting players for a new five-on-five -five game and someone took Steph Curry before those guys, I would totally understand. I personally would do that. Yes, I would say in that top half of the bottom five in that top ten. Wow. Putting him ahead of both the, like, Larry Bird and Kobe Bryant. For you Laker fans and Celtic fans, that's Pablo Torre. I'll give you his cell phone number when we get back. Fire cell coming that. up.
the Horn is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase. Florida State head coach Mike Norvell says his players are still struggling with not making the playoffs. That's how I kind of feel about not being in Friday's Tournament of Champions. Now, post-snub, we're hearing that the school has renewed discussions about its long-term future with the ACC as the conference falls further behind the SEC, the Big 12, and the Big 10. L. Duncan... You buying or selling? I'm totally selling this. I'm so sick of this. I'm so tired of Florida State blaming every. Next, they're going to say that the bad orange harvest is because of the CFP snub. Get over it. This has nothing to do with the CFP snub. I wrote down a quote, and I'm going to read it for you. And this is from the FSU president, Richard McCullough. And it says, I'm not that optimistic that we'll be able to stay. Those were remarks in August about staying in the ACC. What they revealed was that FSU was their bell cow, and while they're arguing with the conference about potentially trying to get out of it, they needed that bell cow for the profitability that comes with a CFP run. Stop it. You see what that means? Elle came with receipts. She brought receipts. Mina Kimes, Mm. buy or sell? Well, Elle's receipts are from August. I'll take you back to May. (laughs) That's when it was reported that seven schools in the ACC were exploring, leaving, or working around uh, their contract. This is, uh, I think, money, and it is going back to a justification, but the real reason is money. Uh, the snub might accelerate it, but uh, it, it is not the reason why they would ultimately leave. Emily, why not just stay in the ACC, especially with the expanded playoff? They'll make the playoff every year. Because they don't want to be there. They're stuck between a bowl game and a conference they don't want to be in. And these extreme measures like recruiting private equity to raise $120 million in funds to break an ironclad contract that they signed just a few years ago. Like, I understand this is much about pride of viewing themselves as this football power as it is about greed. So I understand where they're coming from, which is really hard to sympathize with. Everyone's got receipts. Pablo Torre. Yeah, I think they actually wish they had literal receipts and a generous return policy on that grant of rights that Emily was referring to. (laughs) This is a $120 million question. You can do this, and I dare FSU to do it. Just come up with $120 million to get you out of this deal three times the payout. So for me, Frank, if I'm FSU, what I'm really doing is I'm focusing my time on the fact that if I beat L. Duncan's Georgia Bulldogs in this bowl game, I can plausibly claim to be the champion that no one respects. Instead, they're complaining about how they're disrespected. Go be about it yourself. Make it happen. Doesn't matter where that Florida State women's soccer team goes. They're a dominant, dominant team. 
All right, M-E-S-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Aaron Rodgers activated today, believe it or not, but he's not going to play. Alan Lazard and DJ Reed wondering if the Jets were outschemed in the blowout loss on Sunday. And C.J. Mosley and Solomon Thomas say they have Robert Salas back with reports that his job security is wavering. Mina, what should the the Jets do, and what do you think they're going to do? Well, Frank, you know I don't think wins are a quarterback stat, but they are a coaching stat, yes. and he is 16 and 32 uh, as a. Uh the head coach of the Jets, I think they're probably going to have to move on. Some of what's happened is beyond his control, obviously, the injury to Rodgers, some of the roster construction stuff. But a lot of the things that have happened are under his control. The coaching hires, the mess around the quarterback. Unfortunately, I think this is going to be his last Wow, Emily, you ready to move on from Robert Sala? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes we conflate consistency and um, continuity with complacency. And as Mina pointed out, they just haven't improved or had an identity under Robert Sala. That said, what should they do is different than what they will do. And what they will do is listen to their GM, Aaron Rodgers, who's completely (laughs) taken over Tom Brady's role as quarterback slash I make all the decisions here. Come on, Pablo. They lost their quarterback on the first series of the season. You're ready to get rid of the coach? I am just because I don't think it's going to be much different next year. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is the... He's the biggest variable. The ringer, Nora Princiati, wrote a great piece about Rodgers and his influence over the decisions about, okay, who else are we bringing around this? Is it going to be Tim Boyle, Aaron Rodgers' buddy? Is it going to be other people that make Aaron Rodgers feel secure and comfortable in his safe space with the New York Jets? Seems like they chose that route. And so for me, if you don't hold the quarterback accountable or let him actually know, hey, um, we have to make decisions that are bigger than you, then I think there are a lot of variables here that don't reflect well upon anybody in that equation. All right, Elle, I know you keep receipts. What about Robert Sala and the New York Jets? Yeah, listen, he definitely has not exactly been, like, the best head coach, but this also feels like failing someone at the driving test because the DMV supplied them with a car that didn't there have an engine. Like, that's not exactly his fault. Like, I'm, if you want to look for a sacrificial lamb or a scapegoat here – The Jets' offense that didn't have Aaron Rodgers last year either is somehow worse than the one this year. And the Broncos, who have the exact same offense as last year, is somehow better. And where do those two things intersect? At the doorstep of Nathaniel Hackett. So let him go. This girl is on fire. Here we go. Buy or sell three. Mike McDaniel wants the team focused only on the Cowboys, not on the fact that they haven't beaten a team over 500 or their next three brutal games or anything else, roll it. I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, F off. With all due respect. Right, he's got like a little John Oliver, Jeff Van Gundy to him. Emily, is it fair for the media to ask about their troubles versus winning teams? Uh, with all due respect to you, Frank, F off for my score. Um, oh. Yeah, of course it is, because you look at all the talent and the points <laughs> that they have, and there are some inexcusable results on their uh, spreadsheet. But is there any coach that's better in sports at deflecting the blame away from the players? This, to me, was a master class in leadership for Mike McDaniels. Pablo? Yeah, no one has sounded more stoned and yet more credible at the same time. He's a pioneer <laughs> in that way, Frank, an inspiration, honestly. I don't <laughs> doubt his ability to relate to players despite the way that he presents. L. 
Yeah, the only place he went wrong there for me, he should have said, with all the disrespect in the world, F off. But the idea that, like, this, this isn't relevant if they're closing out the season with the bottom of the barrel. They've got a murderer's row. So, of course, it's relevant that yeah. a team that's fighting for the top seed in the conference has to be a winning team. Oh, the language. I expected more out of a Yale man. Mina Kimes. <laughs> uh, as El said, he'll have the opportunity to prove us haters in the media wrong for pointing out reality. And I think they've got a good shot because their defense is playing much better now than they were during those losses. All right, that's going to do it. The first cut, always the deepest. Mina, Emily, as they say in Canada, take off, eh? Lightning round next. Look who it is. She's on fire and in a lot of commercials. Punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. Man, so many receipts today. We only got time for one showdown to win it all. And it's Tommy DeVito and the will he, won't he New Jersey pizza appearance. Well, guess what? He did. After reports of doubling his appearance fee, DeVito showed up at Coniglio's for free. So, Pablo, does that make him a paisan or a stunad? Frank, I'm afraid I need more footage to judge. I just want to make sure the fold on his pizza was correct. Of course, you fold and then you raise to your mouth. Did he use a napkin to top up the grease? If he did, that's too not behavior. We all know this. So conditional paisan. Not bad. L. I don't mind the price hike because, as Fat Joe said, yesterday's prices ain't today's prices. But there's no victims here because his agent, DeVito's agent, tried to exploit his age, his uh, client in order to get more money. And then the pizza owner tried to exploit them to get what he wanted. It was a big exploitation fest. So I don't know if there was any winners, but there was definitely no victims. Yeah. And apparently, from what I gather, the New York Giants have a quarterback who's from New Jersey and he's Italian. That's what I've heard. L. Duncan, take the points, mm. take the win, let's go. <sighs> on Zillow that there's a house for sale literally steps away from Lambeau Field and people keep saying oh someone should buy this house and then just turn it into a parking lot I've got a better idea as someone that's had to navigate these tailgates my whole life make it one big luxury porta potty for women charge $20 they can come in there and use the nice facilities you could put a mother's <laughs> room in there for nursing and expectant mothers and make it clean and pretty you will get your money back in dividends Ah, look at Elle, so sweet. All right, that's our show. I'm back tomorrow. Tony's going to be here Friday for the Tournament of Champions. That's Courtney Cronin, Ooh. Israel Gutierrez, Kevin Clark, and Harry Lyles Jr. That doesn't really make us losers that we didn't make it. They're just, you know, they just kiss up to the teacher. So Tournament of Champions on Friday with Tony Reale. Of course, I kid about these four. A couple of nerds that they are. Thanks for having me. I will be back tomorrow, by the way. One last show. Why can't we, Wait, does that why can't we be champions? It sounds like a threat. Emily, you didn't make it. Mina, you didn't make it. Pablo, wow. Why does Craig yeah, you can't win everything. Here. I'm afraid. I'm very afraid.